Welcome to episode 46 of the Ministry of Skill podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help multiply your digital impact. Today, we're going to hear from a ministry that started four years ago with a heart to impact every Christian to be more intentional with sharing their faith in the workplace. This ministry is nearly 100% digital, and you're going to love learning from their wins and challenges these past four years. Whether your ministry has been around four years or 40 years, have you ever wondered how your digital impact compares with others? With the right mindset, you can learn from what others are doing and how you might improve. And it's with that mindset that we want to present to you the 2021 Digital Ministry Benchmark Study, along with a personalized scorecard that shows your next area of focus for maximum impact. This is a free offering tailored to your ministry. Find out more at 5q.com slash scorecard. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard. Now let's dive into our interview. And one day while I was praying to God about my boss and my situation and, and my life situation, I just kind of got this idea. I didn't hear an audible voice. But this idea came in three forms. Mike, I don't know why you keep asking for a new boss. I'm your boss. You work for me. And uh, I'll get you what you need. You just need to do your job and look for ways to serve me in there. And so I, I struggle with that. You know, I would complain about my bosses to God. And he would go, didn't I tell you? I'm your boss. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Well, today I'm super excited to have Mike Henry Sr. joining us. Mike is a founder and CEO of Follower of One, which is a ministry committed to helping Christians maximize their impact in the workplace. Follower of One started as an online ministry with an com online community, a podcast, and really that's what at its core. So I'm really looking forward to learning from Mike and his journey into digital ministry. So welcome, Mike. Thanks very much, Chad. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad glad to have you. So, so Mike, first, can you just tell us how did God lead you to start Follower of One? Well, uh, it, I'm trying to make this short, but the day after I became a believer, I had to go back to my job that I didn't like. <laughs> and I really wanted God to put me into ministry. Uh-huh. And this was 30 years ago. This is over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I kept asking him to put me into ministry. And over the months and years, he just kept saying, okay, you're in ministry. Now get back to work. Hmm. Um, and I struggled with how to live my faith. I wanted my eternal life and my time at work to overlap. And I kept hmm. thinking that I had to quit my job to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for many years, even when I asked pastors and other people about how I could live my faith at work, the answer was, well, come back out here to the suburb and we'll have this class and we'll show you how to do this. And I was mm -hmm. always too busy at work. And so Follower One came about after 30 years in the workplace, trying to figure out ways to where I could live my faith every day. Mm -hmm. And so the twofold problem was how to do this on a daily basis and how to put myself in a position where I would do it consistently because mm 
also in the workplace as the sole Christian in some of my environments, it was easy to get off track. And so I wanted to be around a community of people and I wanted to my faith to matter on a daily basis and follower one kind of became the outcome of that. Okay. So, so I'm curious, what was the trigger or linchpin that caused you to realize that, Hey, uh, to, to realize that God was saying, Hey, you are in ministry when you're coming to the workplace. What was it that triggered what helped you realize that, 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 yeah, I actually already am in ministry, even though I'm going to a, 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 a job. Yeah, it, um, there's a, there were a couple of them. One of them was, uh, early on, uh, I was whining to God about the fact that I was the only Christian in the company. I felt like I was the only Christian there and I was asking God, to put me with other believers. And I found out that our uh, overnight delivery guy was a believer and was praying for one of my other co-workers hmm. who had a sick family member. And so he and I started sharing prayer requests. Hmm. And one day while I was praying to God about my boss and my situation and, and my life situation, I just kind of got this idea. I didn't hear an audible voice. But this idea came in three forms. Mike, I don't know why you keep asking for a new boss. I'm your boss. You work for me. Hmm. And it's my job to get you what you need. I don't know why you think you're worried about the only Christian in the place being you. You know, I can make the FedEx guy show up anytime I want. And uh, I'll get you what you need. You just need to do your job and look for ways to serve me in there. Hmm. And so I... I struggle with that. You know, I would complain about my bosses to God and he would go, didn't I tell you I'm your boss? Hmm. This is your assignment today. You're supposed to go in there and make a difference. And that's what I spent a lot of years figuring out. I, I was so slow to learn it. Sometimes I beat myself up about how long it took, but uh, we, you know, we, we live and learn, right? Yeah. God has a different timetable for everybody. Doesn't he? He does. And, uh, uh, I, I think the encouraging thing is that as God was sh showing you or revealing to you through his word, through other people, through prayer, you've decided not just to keep it to yourself, but you've decided to share what you're learning with others so that they don't have to have as long of a learning curve on, on answering some of those questions that you've been asking. So, so um, you started follower of one four years ago, right? Yes. So, talk about how that started. I mean, you talked about the reasons why, but what did you first do when God, God, God kind of gave you these steps or what does that look like? What did you do and what are the elements of your ministry, especially the digital part of your ministry? Can you talk about that a little bit? Certainly. So, so the, um, we decided our goal, my goal is to help us all. I always felt like that when I looked at my, if I charted my spiritual life and looked mm -hmm. at it, it would look more like a bunch of camels walking across the desert than it would look yes. like a line that was moving up and to the right. Yep. Yep. And, and so in our logo has this arrow moving up into the right. And that's what it's about. It's about hmm. trying to build the things necessary so that I could keep moving up into the right and we could help others. I don't do anything alone. The only times hmm. I've ever been successful losing weight or growing as a believer, it was always in a group with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so our initial start was to form the online community. We found a tool that we used that helped us do this, mm -hmm. but it was a difficult, it was a difficult start because we were still figuring out 
and proving out these ideas that we had. Mm -hmm. And those ideas were that we also needed, in addition to the online community, we needed a plan. We needed an easy way for people to remember that regardless of what's happened yesterday or what's going on right now, is there something I can do that puts me back on track with Jesus today? Mm. And we came up with these five daily activities mm -hmm. that I talk about on our website for that plan. Yeah, why don't you and share then the those? Other what thing are those we, five, five daily activities? Certainly. So, so the five activities are pray, appreciate others, know what you believe, serve others, and speak for yourself. And I joke with people because if we pray, and then for the first prayer we talk about, I always say, here I am. I punch in. I try and get on the clock. Uh, you know, here I am, God. I work for you. Basically, what he was talking about. What do you want me to do today? And everything else after that really is his problem. And he starts working. He starts making things happen. And so that's kind of how we came up with that plan. Hmm. So, so I think most of our, at least for myself, let me speak for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, pray, you can tell even uh, pray is critical. And you can tell even by the way that you said, you know, in my prayer life, this is what God was speaking to mm -hmm. me. And I love your transparency around, even when I was whining to God, um, appreciating people, um, trying to do that, know what you believe serve, but your last one, speak for yourself. Uh, you know, I'm, what, what do you mean by that one? I'm, I'm just curious about that one. No, I appreciate you asking. So the, the, in fact, the know what you believe, uh, and speak for yourself are married and it's around mm -hmm. first Peter three 15, mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit about Mark chapter five, uh, speaking for yourself means talking in the first person. When someone asks, if I serve my coworkers, if I go beyond my job description and do something for a coworker or a customer mm. that was not expected, the question isn't about my faith. The question is about my motive. Why did you do this? Mm. And the answer needs to be something that explains that my relationship with Christ was part of my motivation. Mm -hmm. And so we practice in know what you believe. We practice being able to answer in one or two sentences why we follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then that answer, speak for yourself, is to use I and me statements to make it in the first person. Hmm. I don't want to tell my coworkers how to live. Mm -hmm. I have to maintain this relationship with them. I don't want to yeah. tell someone else how they have to live their life. I just tell them why I'm different and the motives yeah. behind that and how Jesus was a factor in that. Yeah. And then like 1 Peter 3.15 says, if they ask more questions, then I give them more reasons. Be ready to give the reason for the hope exactly. that we have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when we let people do the asking, we're trusting the Holy Spirit to manage this. And we're not risking being accused of trying to force our faith on others. And that's why mm -hmm. Speak for Myself comes out of that. Also, the, the Gerizim demoniac in Mark chapter 5 was the man who had the legion of demons expelled from him. And Jesus sent that man back to his own hometown and said, you tell them what the Lord has done for you. And so I always felt like that was the first marketplace missionary. Jesus sent that guy back with one sentence of seminary and said, here, you go make, be a difference maker in a community that won't let me hang around. Isn't that amazing? And, and mm -hmm. Jesus allowed him really to lay the groundwork for, so that when Jesus came back, 
they were, their hearts were prepared because they yes. saw a life changed. And isn't that yes. what God wants in us to be a life change lived out? So when Christ is ready to enter and engage in the conversation, they're ready to receive. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. So you mentioned the online community. So, so talk about that. How does your community work? How have you gotten more people? How do you keep them engaged? Because I know a lot of our ministries they've done, or they've tried to do some more success than others, but talk about that community. How, how does that work? How does that work? Well, so right now it's, it, we're still growing in it. It's still very young, but uh, we take people who have gone through our marketplace mission trip or who have done some of our other activities or listeners to the podcast, and we try and engage them around some of the content that we produce. But mm -hmm. our goal is to engage them with one another. In fact, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we chose the tool that we use was because we could allow people to create subgroups. And I hope that people will organize by occupation or mm -hmm. by industry, because the way we live our faith in the market is different by job. It's different mm -hmm. by our positions in the organization or the types of jobs that we do. It's it's different being a Christian truck driver than it is being a Christian engineer. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I want to help those people connect with one another and encourage one another. So have you gone around like preceding those, like here's categories, here's groups that you can choose, or have you let it be more organic? And have you tried different things? What have worked? What hasn't worked uh, around the whole community and, yeah. and, and, and engaging on, on some of those things? So far, we tried, we preceded it a little bit, but we've also mm -hmm. left it open to people. But that's one of the things that we're continuously trying to improve is the subgroupings. There's mm -hmm. like a fitness group in there now with a few people in it. And there's, um, so they're actually more along hobby lines okay. than anything yeah. else. But that's, yeah. once again, I don't want to organize it beyond, I won't hope that individuals organize it. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of very in its early stages, but what's been happening the most, what's got the most momentum recently is people have completed the marketplace mission trip. Mm -hmm. We started having regular calls with people who have completed that trip to help them keep moving it forward. And so we expect to get new ideas mm. from this community of people who will be, uh, being engaged with outside of the digital community in addition to inside the digital community. We want to create multiple touch points. Great. So, so you mentioned the marketplace mission trip. Now, when I first heard that, I mean, the, I've been on some mission trips with my kids and, <laughs> and, uh, my wife has been on when she was in college. So my picture was, oh, we're going into a business and watch how another person does marketplace missions. But that's not it at all. Can you just describe what is a marketplace mission trip? Certainly. It's a, it's a two-week challenge to go to your own job like you're going on an overseas mission trip. So each mm -hmm. day you get a daily devotional and a video, and we encourage you to go to your workplace and start doing what you would do on an overseas mission trip. I want to do this job in such a way that I build relationships with people mm -hmm. for the purpose of being able to share my faith. Mm -hmm. And I, I never could understand what was different about an overseas mission trip from me driving to work anyway. And so uh, this just kind of worked itself out. The We set it up with two weeks because the first week is preparation. We we go through the five daily activities. And then the second week, we um, 
in the second week, we have action week and we, the, the challenges are a little more action oriented about mm -hmm. investing in the friends that you work with, listening more, asking questions, mm -hmm. just being more present with Jesus into the circumstances of your day. And then also in the second week, we have video conference calls in the evening to kind of debrief and share prayer requests and things like that. And we've done these, we've done 18 of these so far, 450 people have taken the trip and from wow. people from all over the world have been on it. So, so it's, it's not just a one-on-one, -on -one, it's an actual like a group experience then. Yes. Yeah, we, okay. we're trying to do it like a regular mission trip. So we have a start date and an end date. It's not uh -huh. self-directed. And we encourage people to do it together. In fact, the newest iteration of the mission trip, we just finished 2.0, basically, of the mission trip to allow ministries and businesses to lead their own mission trips with their own people. Because hmm. we found that people do better if they don't just join this mission trip with a bunch of strangers but rather if they join it with some friends. Yeah. And so we've set yeah. it up so that people who have a small group or a ministry organization or a business can invite their coworkers or their members to take a mission trip together and have the same experience, but do it with their friends. So, so you might be listening to this and you're thinking, well, I work inside of a ministry and I might be, you might be thinking, and all or some ministries, you know, they don't necessarily, you can't make the assumption that everybody there is, is a believer. But mm -hmm. I think the principles of doing your work with excellence, showing appreciation for people, uh, looking for ways to serve others. I mean, that, that should apply no matter where we're working. Exactly. In, in addition to that, I mean, I think about myself and most of my team are, or most of the, the folks I work with are believers, but I try to get, you know, what are the things that I can intentionally be engaging with others who are not. So whether that's a part of a rotary club or whether that's going to my kids' uh, activities, uh, sports and athletics and uh, music activities. Exactly. So we're all of us are engaging uh, with, with, with people who need Jesus. And, and I love your concept, just giving a very practical way, uh, five-step process to be able to connect with them and then putting that together in a group setting and you're using digital through your Zoom and through and the online community to really to tie all that together. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So our in what was so cool about what the challenge of scaling the mission trip, actually the leader of the mission trip can use their own video conference platform of choice mm -hmm. license mm -hmm. and schedule the events in our tool. Uh it's it's exciting to me because I've built great relationships with people that I've never been present to meet face to face like you and I. Yeah, we ha we have these relationships that continue to grow. Many people resist the digital formats, but I believe they're a factor of our life going forward. And it's important for us to to bring our faith into those environments. And I built great friendships through this community. It's been a ton of fun already. And like I told you earlier, we just feel like we've just finished our proof of concept and now it's time for us to scale. So it's exciting. So, so, so talk about that a little bit. You said you just finished your proof of concept, but even though you've been doing the ministry for four years, yes. now you're ready to scale. So what were your learnings? What were some of the learnings and challenges and wins that you've had in the four years of developing your proof of concept? Oh yeah. Um, so I think one of the key learnings is, is that people do this with friends better. It's easier. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's naturally easy for me to connect via screen. It's not as easy for everyone. Sure. And so we've had two ministry. We had a ministry um, uh, CBMC chapter in Oklahoma City, uh-huh. and my church have also run their own mission trips. Okay. In different platforms, and I think it's one of our learnings was those people connect better and they're more engaged because they're in it with their friends. Mm-hmm. That was one of our first learnings. The another key learning is that while this is a challenge, I really believe that God has us where he wants us. Hmm. We did the first marketplace mission trip 18 months before the COVID lockdown. Hmm. And in that 18 month period of time, many pastors looked at me like I'd lost my mind when I was talking about doing online mission trips. And Uh then the lockdown happened. And now all of a sudden, they're calling me back. And, you know, we don't want to charge for any of this. What we hope this becomes is a volunteer giving organization. Mm -hmm. And the gifts of churches or individuals who take part in this pay so that this continues to be free for people. And so any ministry can do this Mm -hmm. as a way to help their people be more present with the Lord daily in their workplace. So that was a key learning for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, another key learning is, is that it takes time. I, I'm, yeah. I'm confident that Jesus knows what he's doing, and I don't, and I need to stop telling him when I want things to happen. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. it, you know, that's, uh, but I'm excited because he's definitely working in the lives of people. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. Like, it's, especially if I know you, you're a business, a business leader for many years. Mm-hmm. And, and for myself, our type A type personalities, it's like, well, we set a date, we want to hit that date. And, and we have to learn to hold things with an open hand. Yes. Because if, if we are holding on to our dates, our times, our strategies too tightly, and God says, no, I want you to go th- this way. If he has to yes. pry that open, that can be painful. And yes. uh, so just learning to hold, hold things, even like dates with an open hand. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. well, and even the marketplace mission trip was actually an idea that a friend gave me mm-hmm. from a conversation we were having after we started the ministry. I yeah. hadn't thought about anything like that at all. I'd just been complaining about it. And he said, <laughs> well, why don't you do a market? Why don't you do a virtual mission trip? And this is what this turned into. But I just, God knows what he's doing. And that's the thing that I'm learning the most is to be patient and to keep going, not to give up and yeah. not to, yeah. um, judge God's assessment of my work based on my present circumstances. Yeah, no, that's good. And I know you also have a podcast that's getting yes. thousands of, of listens and downloads every month. Uh, so, so I, I mean, you've done over 500 episodes and this, I mean, the podcast you're on right now, we're just at 46. So, so my hat is off to you, brother. You've done, well, a, <laughs> you, you've done a great job with that. Well, but ours are five minutes. They're uh-huh. they're we've done about sixty, I think, interviews. Um, and I we're getting back to doing our interviews, so I'd love to have you as a guest on our show as well. We can talk more Thank about you. that later. But yeah, um, I just try and do a quickie five minute podcast every morning to help us remember that there's something we can do today. Hmm. And you can take almost any Bible verse on the planet and say, okay, so this means today I need to go do X. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. And uh, I'm grateful that people listen to it. I just feel like God's using this 
the frustrations of my career and my experiences. I always used to tell people that I was career challenged. <laughs> I had a bunch of jobs and worked for a lot of different people, but now God has made all that part of this ministry and I'm enjoying it. Well, that's good. That's good. So I, I love what, I mean, you're pointing people back to scripture five minutes every day, just kind of helping, helping us to get recentered, recentered on the things that matter. Um, how did you come about? Cause you could do that in a blog format. You could do that in a video format. How did you come about set, choosing to do podcasting? And then, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just talk about that first. So, so, um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about doing a podcast for about a year. Uh -huh. I even bought some of the equipment. I bought this microphone that I'm talking in now. It was all, I had it all hooked up, but um, I just wasn't doing it. I just didn't think it was right. And I was you writing said you blog didn't think it was. Just let me ask this. You said you didn't think it was right. What, what, what do you mean when you said you didn't think it was right? Was it the right I was time afraid I didn't. Or, okay. Yeah, I was afraid I didn't have the quality or mm -hmm. the the uh val that there was that much value in what i said yeah yeah um and sometimes i still wonder about that i pray and and um you just get five minutes of my orneriness some days <laughs> because i want to i want to find the thing that jesus has for me to do today mm -hmm. i don't want to worry about all the mistakes that i made yesterday or 15 minutes ago Mm -hmm. I want to just, what can I do next? What's the next right thing? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was talking to a friend of mine one day and he was telling me how he had just completed his podcast mm -hmm. and it was like 6am his time. And I went, you've done your podcast already. He goes, yeah, I just, I read the Bible into a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this was just a matter of me pulling the trigger. I just needed to start doing it. Okay. And so I recorded an episode. And I did that for three or four days in a row. And then I reached out to a friend who uh, publishes, who produces podcasts and asked him for some feedback and hired them to actually help us start publishing the podcast. Okay. So yeah. I have this great penchant for starting things and I have this terrible propensity to never finish them. And so uh -huh. it was important for me. I, I would start a blog post and it would take me weeks to get it done. And I knew I wanted to create more content, but make it happen quicker. And so I found it natural to spend five minutes talking about a Bible verse. Mm -hmm. And I look into a camera so that I stay focused, like I'm talking to someone. Yep. And, um, and my goal is to then give that to someone else and help them, let them finish it. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. found that that works well for us. And I take feedback and you know, fix things next week. And just my, as long as I can keep my five minutes a day habit, mm -hmm. it's 15 or 20 minutes for me to actually choose the Bible verse, try and make sure that I haven't already talked about this last week and say something fresh that I hope will help people going into the workplace. So yeah. they know, okay, it doesn't matter about yesterday, today, I want to walk with you, Jesus, put me to work. What do you want me to do? So, so here's, I really appreciate what you said about that. One is just getting over the hump, the fear, the blocker, whatever that is. Cause, cause anytime we're starting something new, there's going to be mm -hmm. those, well, what if kind of things and uh, yeah. whether it's personally or leading a team, 
or a new technology, like something out there, you know, sometimes you just have to put your feet in, tip your toes in, put your foot in next thing, you know, your entire body's in there and, and just go with it. And so, so that's a really, a, a, a really good lesson. And, uh, I think the other thing that, that you've done wisely is you've identified where your strengths are and you've made the, the work of producing content as a part of your natural flow and yes. making that as a part of a person's flow and then handing off the things that, you know, aren't going to be a good fit for your flow. I mean, that's a great principle, a great principle for all of us to follow as we, uh, um, whether we're a content creator or producer at, at any level. So that's, yeah, that's really, really good tips. Yeah, what that, been, yeah go ahead. Well, I was going to, I was actually, I, I, I can't remember exactly where I read that, but that I remember reading in a couple of books that, you know, the places where you procrastinate are the places where you need to get somebody else to be involved because yeah. Yeah. I'm famous procrastinator. Yep. Yep. So, so as you've gone through this process, 500 episodes, has there been any learnings or areas where you've changed and pivoted over the course of time? Oh yeah. So, um, this is actually my second online community. Uh, okay. the first one we created happened kind of by accident in 2009 and 2010 through LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh-huh. It was called the lead change group. And I learned a lot from the lead change group uh-huh. and the lessons that we learned there. And one of those lessons was that I, I burned myself out trying to be the operator of that group and also mm. the visionary. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine challenged me to, to draw a line, to make a difference, to make a differentiation between the visionary work and the operator work because the operator work was burning me out. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can stay the visionary, it requires me to trust God more. Mm-hmm. It requires me to delegate better and to do other things. And so that was probably the biggest learning was, is if this is going to be a community, it can't be centered on me. Yeah, It has yeah. to be centered on the ideas. And yeah. so um, I, I've decided to stay more focused on the vision. I think some more of the learnings were find good tools and pay for them, find good people and pay for them. Mm-hmm. Every place I cut corners, I regret. Um, we, 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 uh, took a big risk as a brand new ministry and paid a lot of money to create some quality videos. Mm-hmm. And those videos still make people kind of look when you see the marketplace mission trip videos, you'll see the quality. We, we, uh, in fact, I made the requirement for that, that they would be good enough that they would be picked up by right now media Mm -hmm. and right now media did license them. And so, you know, God answered our prayer, but it was, it's cutting the corners is a terrible tendency of mine. And this, I tend to believe my past and my circumstances more than I believe in my God. Mm. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so that my, those are some of my biggest lessons. My wife's a constant reminder of the, every time I try and cheap something. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are, those are good lessons, good lessons for all of us, all of us to learn, you know, and especially as, as, as believers, whether especially believers in ministry, sometimes we think, well, mm-hmm. we need to cut corners or, but if you look at, like, I just been reading in, uh, in Kings on how, how Solomon built the temple. Yes. I mean, he went all out and he was yes. following God's orders. 
on that. And so there's something to be said for doing things in the ministry space, especially in the ministry space with excellence. And, and what does that look like? Yeah. Yes. So, so you know, at 5Q, um, we like to talk about the five multipliers of digital impact, just mm-hmm. like you have your five steps. I'm going to go through them as a couple of times. And I want you to be thinking as I go through them, where would you find yourself giving the most attention? Okay. okay. So these multipliers are awareness, engagement, conversion rates, average value and retention. So awareness is like getting people at the top of the funnel activities, having them come Mm -hmm. in. Engagement is engaging with them on a regular basis. Like your communities are doing that Mm -hmm. or doing that very well. Conversion rates is, it's not just about getting a person, it's getting them to do the thing that you want them to do when they come to your Mm -hmm. website. So in your case, it's joining the community or listening mm-hmm. to the podcast, or, or could be making a donation, supporting the work. Mm-hmm. So how many of those visitors are actually converting and, and doing that? And then the average value, and that could be spiritual value as well as dollar value. You know, what is the average value that, that the visitors are bringing, are bringing to your digital interactions? And then retention, what keeps them coming back again and again and again? So, so I'm curious, as, as you think about awareness, engagement, conversion rates, average value, and retention, is there any one of those that's like, oh yeah, I find myself spending a lot of time thinking and doing this specific area? So um, the engagement and the value mm-hmm. are the probably the most important to us now. Yeah, I've spent the last four years almost all in awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even words like mission trip or marketplace or um, discipleship, and I think I told you before. Our goal is to help people move one notch closer to Jesus because mm-hmm. words like discipleship have baggage or mm-hmm. not baggage is not a good word, but they come with preconceptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so almost everything has, I felt like has been awareness for the longest time, mm-hmm. but this proof of concept ending, I believe now is for us to actually go and prove that we can engage people, mm-hmm. that we can make the conversions, get them. Uh, it was a marketing friend that helped me realize that the decision to say, here I am, Lord, to pray, the decision mm-hmm. to pray is a transaction. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a conversion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so once people decide yeah. to pray, or once they actually do pray, those are the things that we're trying to make happen. And so, um, so we're in that space now. We're in the space of getting more effective of the 450 people who've taken the marketplace mission trip, we've had 78 feedback forms. Hmm. All right. Hmm. What do we do to get more feedback forms? Yep. How do we get more people? So we're now we're trying to improve what we're doing instead of invent what we're doing. So Good. yeah, I hope that yeah. answers your question. Yeah. But I yeah, see that whole process and I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you're exactly right. It is a process and you need to be uh, yeah, you need to be touching all the, those levers to be able to help the digital ministry side side grow. Yeah. What, can you just share with our audience a story where you've seen a life be transformed through follower of one? So certainly um, in our, in our, uh, just over the course of time with follower of one, we've had a number of stories that have come out of the mission trip. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the better long-term transformations comes from one of our members who's taken several mission trips mm-hmm. and, and they're on every one and they're trying to grow and engage in everyone. And 
the transformation is I use the mission trip as something that keeps me grounded hmm. so that I can do this over and over again. This is a school teacher in, yeah. in yeah. South Texas. And, and I, she and I talked a couple of times and I pray for her. She was a podcast guest a long time ago. And yeah, uh, I, I just see that, you know, she's involved more in the ministry to her students and yeah. ministry to her children. Uh, just from the mission trip just helps her keep going. And every time we have another mission trip, she signs up and uh, and just keeps it going. And so that's one of those stories. We have a lot of other miracle stories. There was someone on the last mission trip that hadn't been in church in 30 years hmm. and happened to find us and a book by an author. Um, and both about the same time, she didn't remember how she found either one hmm. and was very fired up about being involved in the online community. She's still not in a church yet. We're trying to help her find a church in her area. So that's it's just good. yeah, cool yeah. how God does different things in different people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, you talked about the camel humps mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 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 you know, sometimes God uses both point experiences and process point and process. Uh -huh. And sometimes the initial mission trip can be one of those point experiences where you're exposed to a new way of thinking the five yes. steps and how do I apply this? But then that can become a process like this gal who ref does it several times to be able to refresh. And uh, like when we were in the, um, uh, I would say the, the bowels of parenting, when, mm -hmm. when we were like, they're young, we have seven kids. So that went the whole, the wow. whole gamut. We, there was one specific course that my wife and I took like several times, both leading as well as being a part of that was shepherding a child's heart. And that just like, Oh yeah, we really need to go through the course again. We need to be refreshed, yeah. need to be reminded. And so, so I love that, that you've really both worked in both a point and process into, a in, in, into follower of one. So yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. But my, well, Mike, yeah, go ahead. That's great. That's, that's great information too. I love the designation between the point and the process. I can tell you guys think about this stuff as well, quite a bit. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, you're four okay. years into your ministry journey. Looking back, what advice would you give to someone who might just be thinking about or just starting to respond to God's call to start a ministry? Um, try something, go break something. I, um, I think it would be to whatever's, whatever's bugging you, do something about it. What can you do mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. uh, and then not give up. Yeah. You know, the four-year horizon sounds long in some regards. I don't think it's very long. I think it's short when you think about my 34 years as a believer and how I've struggled with this. Old, and I'm enjoying the fact that bad memories from 25 years ago or 30 years ago are part of the story. Mm -hmm. And so I think the challenge is to choose wisely, never give up, hold on to everything mm -hmm. that you can from that and keep moving. And uh, I'll probably yeah. want to give up in 15 minutes after this podcast airs or something, something else. I, I hesitate giving people advice because then I end up having to take it myself, but, <laughs> but just do something. Yeah. Get started and don't exactly. give up. No, I love that. That's great. Well, well, Mike, what's one book or blog or resource that you've read recently that you can recommend to our audience? So, um, so <laughs> 
Interesting. You talked about this actually on the, the podcast that aired just last week. Uh-huh. One of those books that's made a big difference was from friends of mine, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. You just did it. Their I Work For Him book. Uh-huh. We actually got to contribute to that. But I really loved listening to the stories uh-huh. of the things that go on that went on in Jim and Martha's life and the things that go on in other people's lives. That's one, one of the books that I've read most recently that's that's been a uh, difference maker in my ministry and my career. I love, I love that book. And I, you're, you're exactly right. They weave their own story into that, how God mm-hmm. worked in them into, uh, in, as they were in their workplace and how they have just dozens of stories of lives being transformed. And uh, um, yeah, it's such an encouraging, encouraging read. Yeah. Mike, how can best people best contact you if they want to learn more about follower of one or the ministry or marketplace mission trips, or uh, even pick your brain on how you've grown over the last four years? Uh, how's the best way for folks to contact you? So the, probably the easiest way is Mike at follower of one.org mm-hmm. and one is spelled out. So it's follower of O N E.org. Uh, the other way is I'm Mike Henry SR just about everywhere on Twitter, LinkedIn, okay. Facebook, and most places. And also Follower of One has contact us forms and things like that. Followerofone.org is our website. And our online community is community.followerofone.org. Great. So if you go to followerofone.org, you can get access to the community, the podcast, and and your five-step process. And you can even sign up for a mission trip. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Encourage you folks to do that. Go to follower of one, check it out. Even if it's just to see how he's doing, uh, like, I love how simple it is to be able to look at your five steps and how you just flow that into, into everything that you're doing. So good. Well, Mike, thanks again so much for joining us. I know this has been helpful, insightful and, um, yeah, yeah. God bless you as you continue to, to reach hearts in the marketplace to help them become followers of one. Yeah, thank you, Chad. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Man, I love how Mike shared from his heart. I don't know if you caught it, but each time Mike talked about complaining to God in his prayers, God gave him an action to take to either reset his mindset or overcome his problem. And that led him to start the digital ministry, Follower of One. I just want to remind you to get your copy of the 2021 Digital Benchmark Study with a personalized scorecard. This free study will help you determine what the next big thing that you can be doing to multiply your digital impact. And you'll learn how to, how you stack up with other ministries. Just go to 5q.com slash scorecard. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash scorecard to get your copy today. Thank you so much for listening to the Ministry at Scale podcast. Until next week, keep learning, keep growing, and keep impacting your world for Christ.